Hi, I'm Maria Theoharis-Ovelosos on social media. Welcome back to So Over 50 podcast on So Organized Style. Grab cuppa and relax with us. On So Organized Style podcast, I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast and pay respects to the elders past and present. Listeners, before we start, thank you to our newest podcast patron, Karen. I appreciate your joining the podcast supporters on Patreon. I'm always so chuffed when new people provide their support of the podcast so I can keep bringing you great guests from the Sober 50 community and so it's like you and me. Thanks for joining us on Sober 50 podcasts on Soul Organized Style. So Over 50 intersects with all communities. We're a community that is so over ageism. It's September and we're getting close to this year's So Over 50 Frocktail event in Edinburgh. It's on the 21st. So in the lead up to that, let's listen to part two of the podcast with Wies from Ghent. Wies talks about her love of sewing and many of you identify with Wies because you follow her. If you don't already follow Wies, her Instagram account is Wies underscore G. As we know, Wies sews great clothes and her creations have a lot of love in them and a lot of experience that she's going to talk about in this podcast. Today, we're going to take a closer look at your sewing life. Thank you for being on the podcast for Saver 50. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> you know, we've got some really great feedback from your first podcast, and I think now we need to look at sewing. What does sewing give you? I love the feeling it gives me. When I have the time and when I'm able to sew, when I can create and going from a two-dimensional piece, the pattern going to a three-dimensional garment, yeah, I think that's fantastic. That gives me a good feeling. And then what about the activity itself, the sewing? I love uh, some challenges. I love patterns that challenge me. I think I'm very good and it gives me a good feeling. I'm very good at pattern matching. Yes, you are. <laughs> and then when this works out very well, I love it. And then I love to sew with prints. And I also love sewing matching and mix uh, prints. In fact, I have too much print print garments with prints. So I have created some more uh, solid garments in one color to combine. Then... It's the creating that gives me a good feeling. And maybe it was my son, I think. Yeah, he's now 32. Gave me the best compliment last Christmas. I made some straw bags, little bags with a... Oh, yeah, drawstring bags. Drawstring bags, yes. To put in his D&D and Dungeons and Dragons cards in it. Okay. And then he said, I find it unbelievable that when we need something, you can make this. I need bags, you can make it. We needed masks for the pandemic and you made the masks. I also made a t-shirt, all the others. And and the favorite in our family is the Hudson pants. They all have have the same Hudson pants. So boxes. And I was really touched by saying that uh, when we need something, you can make it. But on the other hand, I'm also very grateful for my children because it also works the other way around. 
when I see something they need and I say, oh, I can make it, I can make it. But now I already promise so much that I will make <laughs> I have really a list of sewing projects that I promised, but I so far never got around them, the projects. So You've made the promise. You've got everything ready. Yes. At some point you'll find the time and you'll love making what you want to make for them. Yes. For example, Christmas 2019, I promised everyone a 1C. Oh. <laughs> In stripes. They all wanted very comfy, soft 1C because we have cold winters, not extremely cold, but we have cold winters. So, And I promise they will be finished before Easter. But now we are Easter 2022 and I still haven't. I have the fabric because they all chose stripes. We wanted to make a striped one sees for all the family. And one for my oldest son, I draw the pattern and it's cut out. But It's ready to be made. Yes, ready to be made. And also, <laughs> for, the, also for the others. And in the meantime, I have two more grandchildren, so they need one too. So there's a lot of love that you put into the projects that you sew for your family and for yourself. Yes. I love sewing for my family, for everyone. And because I love sewing for myself also, of course, because, well, it's kind of a roller coaster feeling. Sometimes I say, oh, now I have enough clothes for myself. And then I sew for my family. But then last Easter break... I wanted to sew for myself. So sometimes you see a pattern or you see something on Instagram and you have to inspire And I always jump very quick on a new project. And I see something and I say, oh, that's nice. That's a nice pattern. Oh, and I, I still have that fabric in my stash. So, oh, yes. Oops. And then it jumps in front of... <laughs> Of the, the queue. Of the queue. That's a bit my problem. I have so many ideas. I have so many ideas and I already promised so much. So let's talk about what are your favorite sewing tools that you use? I don't have any favorites. I love cutting out fabric with scissors. I have very good fabric uh, scissors. And last year I invented in the rotary cutters and in the cutting mat, but I don't use it very often. I use more the scissors. Then I have two machines, a regular sewing machine and the overlocker. Yeah. I sew a lot with uh, knits, so uh, I use the overlocker a lot. And I pin everything. I do have the clips, but I don't use them as often. I think my sewing tools are very traditional. Scissors, pins, a sewing machine. To mark my notches, and I use basting thread. I don't do these little snips, no. You were trained in couture sewing, so that makes sense that you still do the thread tacking to mark your darts. Yeah, yes. Especially for my darts. I take the dark point, I put a thread to it, and then the two angles, and then I 
take chalk or a marking pen for the lines. So I don't cut my notches in the seam allowance. I use threads. Your basting thread. Yeah. And that is also something new. After going back to sewing, suddenly the patrons all had sewing seam allowance included. That wasn't the case in the 90s. Right. So the first pattern I bought, maybe it was McCall's, but I didn't read sewing instructions. And I cut it out with a centimeter and a half sewing allowance. But it had already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have. Oh, and I couldn't understand it because it was a shirt dress and I couldn't understand. And I cut the color and it looked all so big. And I couldn't understand. <laughs> I couldn't understand. Yeah, and then I read it. Still, when you today, when you use a Burda style pattern or from the Dutch magazine Knip Mode, you still have to put the seam allowance. And then with independent patterns, you've got to always check to see what seam allowance they're provided. Like it varies. It's- and you can't assume that it does or doesn't have seam allowance. And then for me, it's a bit difficult because when, yeah, with all the inches and it's not, I'm not used to that. Yeah. I always have to calculate. Five eighths of an inch. Yes. That's a centimeter and a half. And often I think the seam allowance that is provided in the patterns is too much. I'm used to one centimeter of seam allowance. That's what I most use all of the time. Because otherwise, it's not really sustainable that after you have one centimeter and a half seam allowance, and then they say you trim, you lose a lot of fabrics. Mm. (laughs) Hearing how you've found patterns didn't have seam allowances, now they do, and there's a variety of them. It really is an eye-opener, you know, for people who haven't lived as long as you to realize that what we take for granted wasn't there before. Yes, it is. Yes. When I start a project now, I still have a new project. When I print out a pattern and then I do it with a highlighter. I love when the pattern designer says it's on the pattern pieces. I love it. That's, that's the thing that I, I really want, that on every pattern piece, so much seam allowance. Yes. I think that's really necessary. It is for accuracy and for matching prints. Hmm. When I was blogging, I always did reviews. My blog posts are kind of reviews. Hmm. It's one of the things I, I often mentioned that I would love for the indie designers to put the seam allowance they use on every pattern piece. That is very handy and very convenient. I don't like it when it's only written in the directions because there is such a variety of seam allowances. So that's one thing I always mention. And then sometimes they'll say it's five-eighths of an inch, but on certain parts of, say, a facing, it might only be a quarter of an inch. And you need to keep your eyes open on every pattern piece. Yes, but also you have to be focused when you... <laughs> When you sew. When you sew. (laughs) That's why you can't sew when you are tired. No. No. You have to have a clear head for uh, sewing. Yes. And you have to measure 
all the time. Everything, the pattern pieces, the seams, you have to test the paper patterns. That's what I do all the time. Mm-hmm. When the paper pattern is cut out, I always match the seams that are needed to match. So I test out are the side seams equal of the front and the back. And often you already see some mistakes there, some patterns. So I think taking your time and measuring everything, every time. Also, I'm rather tall. I was, I was, <laughs> but I once was one meter 80, but uh, <laughs> I already lost a centimeter or two, I think. <laughs> but every pattern piece, I have to lengthen the top, the bodice and the back with four and a half, five centimeters. That's one thing that I already have to do when I start a new pattern. And that's why I love using the same pattern more. Because you've already done those changes. Yes, and everything is adjusted and uh, you have already a piece of garment. The first one is like the muslin or the toile. Yes. So I think uh, at some point... You have, in fact, enough patterns, but then you see something on Instagram or <laughs> in a blog or then you are triggered to make a new thing. It sounds like you do that quite often. Yes. <laughs> it's your enjoyment. Yes, yes. And, of course, I'm following the Show Over 50 hashtag and, wow, there are some very nice projects. I'm often in awe amazed by the creations of all these uh, women and some men of course too <laughs> yeah every so often we see you featured in Sober 50 as well so you have just as awesome skills as the people that you see on Instagram thank you thank you <laughs> thank you for the compliment you're welcome <laughs> when I restarted sewing and I also after a few years um, I think 2017 I started taking classes again at pattern drafting. And that's very interesting. And now I'm able to design basic patterns for my measurements. Wow, that's good. Yes. At the moment, we are working on the blazer. Mm. Very, very interesting. I'm going to show it one of these days. I have now a basic pattern or a sloper, I think it's, or a block pattern for a skirt, for a dress, shirt dress, white leg pants, a culotte. It gives me a lot of satisfaction to follow these classes and also to connect with uh, the other women that are there. There's also a variety of ages, of background, because it's so strange because in my family, in my social circle, my friends, I am the only one who sews. And everyone is really taken, how do you say, a little bit surprised that, that this is my hobby. <laughs> I am used to it now, but, but uh, in the beginning at school and my colleagues said, oh, nice dress or nice top. Or and then I said, yeah, I, I made it myself. What? Mm-hmm. What? And then... That gives me also a good feeling that they don't believe that I could make these kind of clothes. <laughs> and they're wonderful clothes. 
as well because they're complimenting you. So it's like a way that they've seen another side of you. Yes, that question, did you make that? In this kind of disbelieving tone of voice, I really love it. I understand how you feel. Luis, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. It's been really interesting to hear how you've taken on more learning to get your block patterns prepared and the process that you go through to check a pattern when you're first using it to make sure that it does all match together. It's been eye-opening for me. Thank you, Maria. It was very nice to chat with you, to talk about my sewing experience, my sewing world. So uh, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I really appreciate the fact that you've come on to the podcast. I know a lot of people want to hear from you because they see all the lovely clothes that you make yourself, whether it's for you or others. And I know that hearing you and hearing you talk about your love of sewing is what listeners enjoy and come back for. Thank you. You're welcome. And have a lovely day, listeners. Bye. This episode for Sew for 50 podcast on Soul Organized Style was produced by me, Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Wiz, sound by bensound.com. Listeners, if you want to provide a guest post for Sober 50, make sure you direct message Judith and Sandy at the Sober 50 account on Instagram. Also, keep an eye out for the next So 50 Live event that Bird and Molly are hosting. Remember, these Sober 50 Live events will always be available on the Sober 50 account. You can subscribe to Soul Organized Style Podcast, but with an S not a Z on all good podcast apps. Make sure you go back and listen to our free Sober 50 Podcast archive And if you can, consider supporting the production of this podcast on Patreon so I can keep producing it for you. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.